I really tried to focus on was like the fact that we had this shared experience right. that, that I did actually know him. And I wanted people to feel that. I wanted people to get like a glimpse of what we shared together. I wanted to bring people to that time that we shared. And I felt like I was able to do that. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucket slash life goal lists. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, my goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your list. Welcome everybody to the show. Glad you're here today. And like many people, uh, you might have a celebrity or someone you admire on your bucket list. You want to meet them. And there's always that tinge of worry. Like, are they going to be cool? Are they going to hate me? What is this person really like in real life? And then added on for our guest today, what if that conversation was recorded and uh, thousands of people listened to it? Rena Friedman Watts uh, is our guest today. She describes herself as uh, gutsy, compassionate, engaging, certainly she is, and sincere. Rena, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, yeah, it's going to be great. So tell us, what did you cross off your bucket list? interviewing the man the myth the legend jerry springer (laughs) okay so let's start off with just explaining to our audience why did you interview him what for where that kind of thing yeah so about 20 years ago i started off as an intern for the jerry springer show it was my very first job out of college and I didn't actually plan on interning there. I was working for an NPR station Mm -hmm. at Purdue and through the job placement center, got an interview at WGN. And I thought that I wanted to work in radio. So I drove up to Chicago from Purdue, got an interview at WGN, didn't get the job. And in the same courtyard, I saw that Jerry Springer was looking for interns on a flyer. (laughs) And so I walked across the courtyard to NBC Tower. You could literally see one from the other. I got through security. I've, you know, connected with the intern coordinator and I ended up starting two weeks later at the Jerry Springer show. How long did you work for him? I worked there about two and a half years. So that was two full seasons. And then I produced the season opener for a third season. So that had just thinking about working in that environment has to be wild, (laughs) a place to be and to get your start in the industry that that had to be a little bit insane. And so how did that lead to what you're doing now, as far as interviewing folks and this and I know you have a podcast it's in the top one and a half percent of performing podcasts in the world. And it's doing really well at that point. And this wasn't your first interview. It's not like you used it to launch your, your podcast at all. What, what took so long and why Jerry? Yeah, that's a great question. I had been trying to get him mm. for over a year. I kept in touch with his publicist for 20 years. Uh And what's interesting is that I had co-hosted another podcast where I helped book guests. I had worked for another podcaster full-time 
you know, helping her get big guests. And I had never even been able to get him on other people's shows, but through the years, I always wondered like, what would it be like, you know, for me to produce a a one last Jerry Springer show, or what would it be like to like find out from the other side, like what was his experience? Did he really understand what the production crew went through to book guests, to brief guests, to make the show happen. Like I always really wanted to know that. And so I asked many times, (laughs) I got a no, I got a yes, I got a yes. And then a maybe, and you know, it it took a lot of uh, tries to get him on. I can imagine I, this show is dependent upon guests. It's not about me. It's about the guests that come on. And so it, people, I don't think understand people aren't knocking on your door all the time to, to be on your podcast. You have to go out there and hustle. And sometimes it takes me more, more chances to get a guest than it does necessarily to produce a full show and edit it and stuff. So I, I totally understand that's difficult, but it's interesting that you had to go through all those somewhat same steps. Probably somebody else would, but you worked for him for those two years. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, in some ways, like wanted to thank him, Mm. even though he was just the host, right? Like he truly made a difference in my life. You know, that show really changed my life. It was my first job. It was a good paycheck. It was an opportunity to live in a big city. It was an opportunity to be creative. It was an opportunity to kind of find my voice. Yeah. So after you, after you found, uh, after you got the, you know, got the, the person to allow you to have the interview and was there concern on your, what, how were you feeling? Were you concerned that he would remember you, that it, that this would go well, that, you know, what was that was going through your head before the interview happened? Oh my God. To be honest, <laughs> I was a wreck, but here's the thing. I really believe that you should push yourself to interview people mm. who intimidate you. Yes. I believe that you should interview people that you have to prepare for. And that is what interviewing Jerry Springer did for me. Like I listened mm. to him interviewed by many other people. I listened to his podcast. I listened to him speaking to a college. I got his bio. I read everything online that I could find about him. And I knew the guy. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so you get to that day, the, the Zoom call opens up and you're, how was your, how were you feeling before it's right before it started? Okay. I have to admit something super embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but I was having problems with my Zoom oh, no. and somehow one of the settings got screwed up. I don't know if one of my kids used my zoom or what, (laughs) but it literally only recorded his video. It did not record mine. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is like one of the most special interviews. And he called me like 10 minutes before, like from an unblocked number, like, Hey, I'm getting ready to hop on. I just want to make sure we're good. And I'm like about to have a heart attack. Like I'm like re like relaunching zoom, taking it off my computer, like trying to test it really quick and he's ready to hop on. And I was just like, you know what? Like, this isn't about the number of downloads. This isn't about the perfect video. This is about having a conversation that I have wanted to have for 20 years. If it records the audio and if we have a good connection and if he gives me more than 20 minutes, 
that is what this is about. And that's what it was. He gave me an hour of his time. I got to ask him everything that I've been wanting to ask for 20 years. He was a total mensch. He was down to earth. He (laughs) made me feel comfortable and he was unfiltered. He was truly himself. And he got the concept of my show, which was so validating. It was truly like when I got off of that, I was like, this God was a dream come true. Thank you. Wow. And uh, in the midst of it, were you thinking that? Were you feeling that, oh, this is, this is, I mean, I, I've listened to the interview, so I, I I know I can hear it in your voice, but I'm going to ask the question anyways for my audience, but like, could you feel like it was going that well? Could you, were, were you still nervous or was it, or, or were you like, oh, this is hitting it. This is, we're on. It, it was a little of both mm-hmm. because I was nervous. That's just who I am as a person, you know, also you know, when I'm saying the Star Spangled Banner at a college basketball game, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was terrified beforehand, (laughs) but kind of like when you start and you don't crack and you see people's expressions and you're almost there, you're like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So there was, there was a moment where I'm like, oh my God, Jerry is like getting into this interview. I did have moments like that. But then I also was like, I had the fear in my mind of like, I going to ask the the next thing? Am I, am I present? Am I going to say the next follow-up thing? What I really tried to focus on was like the fact that we had this shared experience Right. that, that I did actually know him. And I wanted people to feel that I wanted people to get like a glimpse of what we shared together. I wanted to bring people to that time that we shared. And I felt like I was able to do that. Do this is probably real personal, but do you feel like that was genuine? Oh, that's a good question. Because you can, you can have it and and it can exist, but was it, was it really genuine? What did you feel like? Wow. This is, it takes me back. I I feel all these feelings that I had for this person, the admiration was that, was that real? Was it deserved? Did you feel like that part of it was validated for you? I've, I've met, one of my heroes in Jack Johnson, who's a music performer and, and just by chance almost. And he was just the absolute nicest guy. And I walked away from that and going, if I meet any other celebrities and it's like this, fantastic. But he was just so genuine and kind. It was just a, it was just a great experience. Did you feel that way? The, or was, did you oh, think that? I definitely felt that. The only thing that I felt a little ungenuine about was that, I felt like it was in an interview, Mm -hmm. you know, that I will say, like, I, I was conscious of the fact that it was an interview and not a conversation. Right. You know, I knew there was maybe some things that I couldn't ask. What is the status of your bucket list? Are you still wrapping your head around the purpose of having one? Are you struggling to write your list and don't know what to put on it? Or are you looking at your list wondering which item to cross off first? No matter where you are in your bucket list journey, I'm here to assist you in becoming the head crosser offer of your list. To learn how to work with me as your bucket list coach, visit crossingitoffpodcast.com backslash coaching to find out all about the personalized and affordable coaching I offer to help you live out your list. Now back to the show. Interesting. Were you able, you don't have to say what it was, but were you, did you have any time before or after to ask those questions? No, no. But I was okay with it. 
Yeah. I, I, for me, my goal was to one, thank him for starting my career and helping so many people and making a difference in giving so many people a career. Cause he truthfully has had people that have stayed with him. My old intern was the senior producer, executive producer of his court TV show. Like oh, wow. she stayed on from the time I was there for 20 years. Like, so a part of me was like, whoa, what would have been my, what would have been my experience had I stayed right. on for 20 years? Right. Yeah. So I wanted to thank him. I personally still know many people that stayed on for 20 years. So he has made a difference in so many people on his crew's life. Right. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful to hear because so often you hear bad stories of people yelling at interns and doing stuff like that, that the, the, the good stuff doesn't quite necessarily make it to the news all the time. So that's a good thing that you have to do. Is there a question that wasn't so personal that you couldn't go to, but that you wanted to ask and didn't get the chance to. <laughs> That's a risque. Uh, I said, the, I said, take away the personal part yeah. of it. But like, I mean, is, there, is there something that you like yeah, after you did it? Everybody you always it? asks about, you know, him writing the, the check to the prostitute. I didn't go there, but I mean, he's been asked mm-hmm. that so many times. Right. I mean, yeah, he was the mayor of Cincinnati. Like that was how he hit the news. Right. I didn't go there at all. That would be sure. interesting to maybe talk about, you know, but truthfully at this stage of the game, he's been on dancing with the stars. He sure. had one of the longest running successful talk shows in history. He got a court TV show for multiple seasons. He's a grandfather. I mean, there's, he's got a podcast. The, the guy is like, he's done it all. Right. What was also a big takeaway for me was the fact that all of these accolades, all of his fame, all of his accomplishments and what it boiled down to all of it is that, you know, he cares about his family. Mm. And that really, I felt like went with the theme of my show. Sure. Tell tell us a little bit about the show, the, the name of it and kind of the hook that you have that other podcasters may not yeah. So my show is called the better call daddy show. And Jerry even had a question for my dad. So I love <laughs> that he got the concept and really it's, I want to interview people, find outlandish stories like I did on the Jerry Springer show and have conversations with my dad to get his opinion on that. Like mm-hmm. talk to my dad, talk to the other generation, bring the, the wisdom from the other generation into my experience instead of like throwing out what our elders have you know, been through, bring them back to the conversation. And I also invite my children into the conversation. So my kids are in the transitions occasionally, you know, I interviewed my daughter, I bring her to my shoots. I ask my kids, what would they ask these people? And I, Mm -hmm. I have my dad weigh in with his final thought at the end of every episode. And I'll tell you, like, I've had guests say to me, wow, your dad, he's a good man. Your Mm. dad, he made me cry wow, your dad said something that I didn't really like, you know, and, and that's okay, you know, because he is from a different generation and he sure. had different experiences. And I think that we need to, to bridge the gap. Most definitely. Um, especially through story, which I appreciate about your podcast too, because story is such a powerful tool that we don't really use very much anymore. Or if we use it, it's in seven second video clips. And so having a long form storytelling with multiple generations involved, I think is very, very special, unique, and is probably one of the reasons why you're seeing so much success. 
give us another takeaway from it. One's really personal to you. One that's like only you could have experienced that with Jerry and done that thing. What's that one thing that you like you took away for yourself in that process? What was so interesting is that the way that he described the, the production staff, Mm -hmm. I was so surprised. Cause like literally the guy would show up like five months, five minutes before we were getting on stage. Like, you know, we, we booked the guests, we briefed the guests, we mm-hmm. managed the guests. He just showed up to host it. He right. had it down to such an art. Literally. He's like, what's their name? Who do they want to be with? You know, what's <laughs> the outcome? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like and he would make his little silly jokes. He'd tell his little final thought at the end. Right. But like, I was like, do you understand like how many stories we have to go through weekly to make right. this show go off? And he did. He really, I mean, God, he did the show for 20 something years. So obviously, you know, him walking through the office, he heard us yelling and screaming on the phone. He (laughs) saw us having to manage these guests and all of the wrangling behind the scenes that's happening. He saw the fights backstage. He saw things like, you know, blow up in the streets, right? He went to Jamaica spring break. He understood a lot more than I would have expected. And that was interesting for me to hear. Was it validating for you to hear that? Yes. Yeah, it was. I was like, oh man, he appreciates. And you know what, too? That story led to me then connecting with Judge Alex, who I also worked for as a stringer. You Mm -hmm. know, I was kind of low on the totem pole. I was helping find the stories. But my comfortableness and my openness and my preparation and the interview for Jerry led to me then being able to have a similar conversation with judge Alex, who I worked for, for four seasons too. So that was really cool. And how did, how did this interview with Jerry change the way you look at either getting guests or treating guests, or how has it changed the way you look at doing what you do now? Oh, that's a great question too. You know, I've always from a very young age known that a no is never really a no. A no is a hmm. reframe. Yeah. But this was definitely an example of, I'm not asking in a way to get the yes. Part of how I also got the interview is that a reality star, Kale Lowry Mm -hmm. reached out to me and wanted to do a promo swap. And she was willing to promote me on her show, Barely Famous and give me 50,000 impressions. And then exchange, I'll give her 50,000. I was like, as long as you don't care how long that takes, I'm in. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I I know what you mean. My my listeners may not know, but I fully understand what that means. (laughs) Definitely. So I I reached out to the publicist and I was like, look, if Jerry's going to consider doing the show, it should be when she's promoting me because, you know, like, obviously that's going to be more of a win-win for you. Like, you know, I know his time is very valuable and here's how I can help, you know, make it more worth his while. The stars have to be aligned. If you want a celebrity, it's not just, Hey, you know, I'd like to catch up with him. He he started my career. That's a nice thank you. Right. Right. But you know, Hey, we'll give his podcast more publicity it will give you know him more listens it will be more worth his time because i have two podcasts that also want to promote me around now right, right? and uh, and has it changed the way you look at the trajectory of your show at all does it does it does it change your focus does it say hey i or empower you to do something different or or pivot in any way that you need to you think well i did see that you know 
one of my guests actually brought this to my attention, Chaz Volk. I'll give him a shout out. He also is a podcaster of Mr. Thrive Podcast, and he's a podcast agency owner. He said, one thing that he loved about being on my show is that not only do I interview celebrities, but I interview regular people and I give, I'm, I'm the bridge between that. Right. And he was like, whoa, I've now been on a podcast with Jerry Springer. And like, <laughs> I don't just have a podcast with celebrities. Like I actually prefer the needle in the haystack. Like I actually prefer the Jerry Springer type of stories. I prefer people that are willing to get so vulnerable, mm -hmm. the people that are willing to pour their heart out and their soul out the trauma that they've experienced and that they are okay telling those stories. Yeah. Celebrities aren't going to share your, your, no. your episode. <clears throat> no, you're right. What is the one thing you would tell somebody and you have tons of more experience than just with Jerry because of your experience in the business, but what would you tell somebody that is trying to land that perfect guest or they're trying to meet that celebrity person? What kind of, what piece of advice would you give that person? Yeah, that's another really great question. And people ask me that a lot. I'm sure. So, <laughs> Charge for that. <laughs> uh, well, I sometimes do, Good. depending on, you know, how many of them you want to get in touch with. But one thing that I will say is that, my God, people are reachable today, okay? Mm. People are very reachable from, you can back channel on Clubhouse, you can back channel on Twitter, you can back, you can like somebody's company page, their personal page, their, their emails, you can Google Jerry Springer manager, Jerry Springer publicist, right? Like, right. Do your yeah. research, man. You're yeah. going to get close. If you, if you try to really reach someone, you can at least get a no. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I did a fundraiser once where we were, it was all about uh, a signature event. So everything was signed. So I think we reached out to a hundred um, actors and actresses and musicians and to get, you know, eight by tens signed I think we got like 75 back. We like it more than we could use. And it wasn't that hard. It's just, there's a book out there that actually has <clears throat> majority of that information. It's published every year that you can find that stuff. So uh, it's out there and the internet, like you said, you can basically get in touch with just about anybody you want these days. I was going to say, you can test that. Mm. So like one way that I test that is like, if there's a celebrity that I want to reach on Instagram, right? share something that they've created mm -hmm. in your story at sign them. See if they look at your story after you share it. Right. See where you can get a reaction from them. I've done it on Twitter. Positive I've, I've done one. It on... <laughs> exactly. A positive reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. great advice. Can you share with us one thing that's, that's like still on your list of to do's or a bucket list that's different than that doesn't have to deal with the show. Tell us something that's important to you that you want to cross off. Well, recently I interviewed Lily Brash. I haven't, I I've, I've aired her once, but I did a, a follow-up story with her. She has mm -hmm. a rare form of muscular dystrophy and very rare. Like I think only five people in the world have it and her strength. I mean, she was told she wouldn't live till four years old. Mm. She's the one that I, introduced you to. Um, she's now 22. They told her she would never gain muscle. Wow. You know, basically like she, she comes from an affluent family. She could 
just sit in a wheelchair and be happy with her lot. Right. But she's got a trainer. She's entered a bodybuilding competition. Wow. She's won a world record in climbing Camelback Mountain. Her mindset is just amazing. And on this shoot where I just re-interviewed her about this documentary that she's doing for Sundance, she said, I want to jump out of a plane with you. She was like, you gave me my first opportunity to be on a podcast. Like you're re-interviewing me a second time. You've interviewed so many people that have been in my path that I admire. I was like, I am terrified of heights, <laughs> but I would do that with you. And I told my son who is a teenager and, you know, there's moments of him not thinking I'm cool. And he was like, mom, if you do that, that's badass." And so not only do I want to do that to be badass, but I want to do it because that is definitely one of my biggest fears. Yeah. It sounds like you are very courageous. You put yourself out there in different ways. That's awesome. Tell, tell us uh, the listeners where they can find your information. I am definitely going to put the actual link to the interview in the show notes so that people can hear that interview. I think that'll be a great resource for people to hear. Uh, it was a great show. I enjoyed listening to it. Um, but where else can folks find you uh, on the internet and your show and stuff that you're doing? Thank you so much. Yeah. So Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn, Instagram, and you can find the Better Call Daddy show on all of your podcatchers or bettercalldaddy.com. Awesome. Rena, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for sharing your experience. Uh, and that gives people lots of hope that maybe their famous person on their list is also pretty cool. So I, I wish you all the best of luck with your show and everything you got going on. And if you ever went to skydive, let me know. We'll have you back on. Oh, thank you. Yes. I hope that everybody who has a dream of reaching someone at least tries. And you know what? In today's day and age, I really think that it's possible for you to reach them. So keep awesome. trying. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then, keep living out your list. <laughs>